Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Open your hearts, loosen your butts. It's time for Couples Therapy. Yeah, this podcast is Andy and Naomi's, where they can both laugh and hang with all their homies, talking excellent vacationing with brunches and cuddling, to messy situations and conscious and coupling, from Netflix hookups to single them with some Hulu, text sex, regrets, or feeling on your new jubu. They gon' talk about it, ah, yeah, you are invited, ah, needing therapy, I guarantee, baby, we got it. It's up, up, up. everyone, welcome to Couples Therapy. My name is Andy. And I'm Naomi. We are a real life couple. A real life couple of comedians. And on Couples Therapy, we answer a couple different questions. From a couple different listeners. Hell yes. Andy and I are coming to you. We have had a two episode day. <laughs> we recorded two episodes today, you guys. Even before we're bringing you the beauty that is Paul yes. Shear. And so the fact that Andy and I... One of those episodes, Cursed Beyond Belief. <laughs> You'll hear about the curse later. I don't like to bring up La Girona in public. <laughs> Was she a yes. witch? I don't know. I don't know. But we did. We said Macbeth out loud. Oh, okay. We didn't yeah, call yeah, it the yeah, Scottish yeah. play, and that's what happened. And that's what ruined us. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Sorry, I interrupted you. What were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say that it's, you know, considering we've done two episodes in one day, the fact that we still like each other and can sit in front of these microphones mm-hmm. looking at each other mm-hmm. and still be open is a goddamn miracle. Because after two episodes, I'm done talking to everybody. Well, do you know what I think is powering us, Naomi? We have been, we're, we're being courted right now. We are being courted by a company. That's true. That's true. We are being asked to provide content for a little platform called OnlyFans. <laughs> you guys, <laughs> I can't seriously. Say, this is, hey, this is true, but I can't say it with a straight face. OnlyFans, reach out to couplestherapypod at gmail.com, <laughs> where you can also send your relationship questions. And they were like, Come join us. Be here for us. We think you could really build a following. Right. Well, first of all, they're not asking us to do sex stuff. No, 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 no. no. They're trying but, to go quote unquote straight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> well, I've read about this. Apparently, what these companies do is uh, they make a mint on the backs of sex workers mm-hmm. and then they discard them, cut off their uh, source of income. <gasps> As they pivot to try to be, quote unquote, more respectable. Oh, uh-huh. sick. Yeah. Sick. They don't know what I right. want to do on that site. <laughs> Saying that. I think, I think contacting a uh, famously sex neutral, sex negative <laughs> couple. I think you I know, know what you're They knew what they were doing, actually. Yeah. They were like, actually, you know what? If we really want to pivot, we should go to these people where they're in love and the woman is sex negative. <laughs> and I was like, fair. Fair. Uh, you want to keep it clean? 
I have not responded to them yet, but uh, uh, I think no. <laughs> Would you guys watch our OnlyFans? Well, if... I don't even know. A, I don't. A, first of all, I don't know what we do. B, I don't want to be part of them destroying the well, of course. No, destroying we're not the livelihoods of like thousands of sex Can I workers. please have fun talking about what our OnlyFans would be? Jesus. <laughs> so literal sometimes. Well, I just want to, sorry, I just want to like make that, now let's have fun. I just want to be like. Our you know. OnlyFans would be behind the scenes footage of Andy loading the dishwasher. You would also get to see the cats on the couch uh-huh. and Mabel gnawing on a bully stick, Ooh, which I, could be, you know, its own fandom. What if I read comic books out loud? Okay, think about that. How much would you pay? $20, what <laughs> $50. What you pay if I read uh, Cy Spurrier's Way of X starring Nightcrawler out loud to you? You're obsessed with Nightcrawler. You He's, brought him up I, twice today. I Because I... Did I really? Yes! <laughs> well, that's embarrassing. But... um. <laughs> Because I want to write that character, and Cy Spurrier, like, I, I've been wanting to write that Cy character Spurrier. for a long time, and he's writing him right now and doing such a good job that I'm like, damn, I don't know he if I... Did it. I don't he know. Yeah, did he it. did it. Like, it's yeah. one of those things oh, where, like, that feeling. You, you have that kind of thing, like, you want to do, and then someone does it, and they, like, fucking kill it, and yeah. you're like, shit, yeah. well... Yeah, I don't... You know, so, um, what what else could we do? Oh, what about... um. What about hey? Is this is this uh, is this cool, Naomi? What uh, I will uh, uh, make videos of me cleaning the house. Wow. Okay. Fully clothed, perhaps in a basketball short and a house <laughs> shoe. We love that. That really has opportunity for sensuality as well. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> hey, look, I'm not I'm not going to kink shame anyone if that's your thing. It's not even a kink. Yeah, if you like, you get off on watching people clean. But what makes it a kink and not just like a fun interest? Or is kink, because kink for me, there's something about that word that automatically connotes like dirtiness. Mm. I think it gets you going. So kink is anything that gets you going. Yeah. And like the stuff that like, that like you and I as pretty vanilla folk doesn't like doesn't get us. So my kink is men apologizing. You see what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) would you call that a kink? I thought you were about to say menopause. (laughs) Menopause is my king. Wow. I get off on hot flashes. <laughs> you know what gets me hot? Flashes. <laughs> That's it. If someone has to adjust the thermostat, ooh, baby. Ooh, baby. Adjust that thermostat to 65 degrees. <laughs> okay, we're off the rails. Oh, yeah. So we said, we already said who today's wonderful guest is. This is so exciting for me. Uh, Paul Shear. Paul Shear, you guys. You and I met at, at UCB. He had, already, I think he, he had already left. Like Human Giant had already. Yeah, know. but like you know, he was obviously someone who we both knew as like baby wannabe comedians in the improv scene. He definitely it is that sense of like you know freshman to senior, right? When you're talking to him, where it's like, oh god, I yeah. want Paul to like me, even though it's like I don't do improv. I don't run in the same circles as this person, and yet I'm like, am I making you laugh? Him and Rob had us on their Twitch show, and that was where I felt like, I know, like, you oh were freaking. You, it was a freaking weekend. But I thought we did out. really well. I thought we I were thought fun. I thought so, too. Now, you guys, if you haven't seen Paul Shear, if you don't know what we're talking about and why we're geeking, Paul Shear, he has the podcast Unspooled. How did this get made? You can see him on Black Monday on Showtime. Season oh, three airing now. Airing now. Him and June Diane Raphael, his wife, power couple extraordinaire. Also, he made the shows Human Giant, as we said, NTFSDUV. <laughs> I don't know. It was on Adult Swim. It was really and it good. Was funny. It was funny. Um, he's just out here giving us the content, giving us the hilarity, and actually being a kind king. Yeah. So, 
This is a real good episode. Before we get to it, though, as always, I got to plug my shows, baby. So by the time this episode drops, you can come see me in L.A. July 14th and July 15th at the Comedy Chateau in North Hollywood. And I'm going to tell you, as someone who recently bombed at the Comedy Chateau... I'm going to really need my audience, okay? I'm going to need you guys there to overpower the people who are not having me. To be fair to Naomi, she did a show at 10 p.m. Uh, that gave free weed and edibles to everyone. Yeah. So I don't know if I'm that's... I'm not good re- for a high audience. That's not, I, don't, I would say, yes, you, you, it didn't go well, but I wouldn't like, put it totally on you. But I would also I make... Would, I would like to stack the house. Yes. So if you can come through L.A., um, I believe it's $10, the two-drink minimum. You can go to my link tree for tickets. Then also New York, babies. You know I love you. You know I'm coming for you. Finally, July 27th at 8 p.m. and August 1st at 7 p.m. Both shows at Littlefield in Brooklyn, okay? You can see me at Littlefield. That first show, we got Christy Cielo, Chalet with Sharp, Pat Regan. That second show, we got Sydney Washington, Maron Kagani, and Joe Firestone. I mean, either way, stacked. Stacked, honey. I be stacking them lineups, dough. (laughs) So you have really two great options. If you, like, aren't hearing enough from me um, all the time, you can also listen to my podcast, I Love a Lifetime Movie. If you're not hearing enough from Andy, you can listen to his other podcast, Beginnings. Oh, yeah. Episode 500 is coming up. Episode 500. Andy's been in a relationship with this podcast as long as he's been in a relationship with me, pretty much. So this is huge for everyone involved. That's true. I started... Beginnings shortly like before we met, three months before you and I got yep. together. Yep. So this is his second partner. Uh, so if you would just support those endeavors, but as all, I'm done, I'm done ta- telling you everything because quite honestly, this talk with Paul was so fucking fun. I think you're gonna love it. So Andy, do us the honors. Roll it. It was very Friday Night Lights to me. Yeah. <laughs> that was uh, very much Coach Taylor coming yeah. through. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I felt it. I felt like I was Saracen. Yeah. <laughs> Big hearts, loose butts, can't lose. <laughs> so, Paul, you are in a pod with a family, the yes. child of which, Carsick, a little delicate Carsick boy. Yes, I have had, so I've had this issue when I drive my son to preschool with his friend who is in our pod and we have a great relationship with these people, uh, he gets car sick with me. He doesn't get car sick with my wife. He doesn't get car sick with his parents. But when he is with me, he gets car sick. And it doesn't matter what car I drive. It doesn't matter what we do. Like I have one car that has a TV screen, no big deal. And uh, and like, oh, don't let him watch TV. That's totally fine. All right, great. So we're in a car today without a TV. He's not watching TV, pukes all over. And there is something to be said. For, I I, I love being a parent. I love kids. But (laughs) when, I I will say that my uh, Achilles heel in children is puking. My own kids, anyone's kids. Like, if it's happening, my instinct is, let's throw away the bed. Like, my kid puked in his bed one time. I'm like, ah, get it all out of here. Like, let's (laughs) just destroy it. Like, I literally, like, my, my first time my son threw up, he threw up in like we had a basket of books and he just threw up there. I was like, I'm not even looking through it. I don't care. Oh, no. It's all going in the trash. It's all Burn them like, all. I'm, I'm just like, it's all going in the trash. And I, I will say to any parents out there, if you've not done it, invest in one of those sheets that you put on the bed that even if they puke or pee or whatever they do there, you could just take that off and throw it away. It's like, it's a $20 plastic, like a plastic sheet. Yes. But it has like a nice top to it. So it's smooth. It's oh. like a, it's um, not cottony, but it, yeah, I guess it's cotton on the top. So that 
has saved my life because now, like, it doesn't happen often. Kids don't puke that much. Every, you know, maybe once, once every two years, once a year. I don't know. <laughs> um, but when I know that that's on there, I'm like, it all, I, everything goes to the garbage. But today, um, my little buddy, uh, <laughs> cutest can be. He's the cutest kid. I love him very much. He's very cute. Um, but he, pu- I took him out of the car. We're in the preschool parking lot. All the parents are around, and this kid is wearing his mask. Very safe, you know, COVID times, and starts vomiting through his mask. Oh, right off. Wait, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. We we talked. Yeah. We started this. We started talking Sorry. about it before we were recording. Yeah. And I that that detail was not there. Saved it for the pod. Through yeah. The professional Save, through yeah, the mask. Of course. <laughs> as if it's like a like cheap horror movie. It like, was. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I was putting um, the a hoodie on my other on my son. And I just heard it at first. I heard a oh. Oh, and I looked over and I see it like exploding from the mask. And I'm like, oh, no. Ah. And and I'm also in this zone where like I have to now get to where I need to get to after right. I drop them off, too. Right. So I'm like, OK. So immediately I'm like, OK, how bad is this puke? What, what's going on here? OK, I'm, I'm looking at it. And I'm like, I'm trying to judge it. And then it's like, blah. And I'm like, OK, let's take off the mask. I take off the mask. <laughs> He's puking, and then my my son's like, "Hey, why are you doing that?" And, and like, he's like, "Don't do it in my lunchbox." I'm like, "Okay." And and kids and parents are walking by, and then I feel the shame of like, no one knows the relationship here. So now, yes. am um, I the parent who has like, puke, am, I, am I trying to like hoist my puking kid off at school? Because I think right, some parents do right, do that. It's like right. just pretend that you're not you're sick. Holding just, this and, kid, by the way, as if like it's a statue, like you are holding yeah. it and the puke is flying, <laughs> oh, it, like projectile it was, vomit, like it's it, the exorcist. It, there is, I don't even know how to describe it because it was like he was shooting out like almost a protective rim around where our car was oh, and our area was. So God. parents are like walking by, avoiding how the puke. How did he have this much in him? It was he is only a preschool and it's not, what did he have for breakfast? At most, half a bagel? Uh, half a bagel, a yogurt. So, he pukes. He's like, I want to go home. I'm like, I'll take you home. I send my kid in. I'm, I'm barely, apparently, like, not even paying attention to my kid. I'm like, you get, you get in there. Let me take you back. And and the whole way home, I'm like, okay. You know, I want to make sure I'm going very slow. I'm yeah. talking to him, being very calm with him, just trying to make him feel at ease because I know that, you know, it's 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 upsetting. Now, also, I also realize I don't have, like, paper towels in my car. Mm-hmm. I don't have, like, that kind Like It reminds me all the time, like, I need to carry, like, things to wipe up. Wipes. Yeah. 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 I, like, I have wipes, but wipes, wet wipes, I'm, wet, wet puke is disgusting. It's <laughs> like it's more wet. Right. And uh, I need, this like, towels. I need, like, a bar towel. Like, I need right. one, a bar rescue towel or something. And so uh, we're going home and everything is going well. And I feel like he's calm. And he's like, I just think I was car sick. And I was like, yes, because this has happened before. You probably are just car sick. And I'm bringing him home. And uh, by the way, I'm bringing him home to his mom, who is absolutely amazing, lovely woman, who is ready to give birth. Like, like, is like yesterday. So she is also like, I'm sure looking forward to this like three hour window that she gets with no kids. And I'm like, knock, knock, knock. Guess who's back? Uh, (laughs) Your puking son. Uh, And so I bring him back and he says to me, we were about to literally turning onto his block. He's like, this is taking a long time ago. We're, we're getting there as quick as possible. Blah, blah. And then he starts <gasps> puking in the car. More pukes. This is the fourth puke this in less than much. 20 what? minutes. This is too much the puke. Fourth. And it's all over the car. And I, I smell it. And I see it. And I'm like, okay, hold on. And then I'm trying to get him out of the car. But it won't stop. It's like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> 
And, and then I'm like, okay. And I still am in this paper towel situation right. where I'm like, oh God. And uh, and then he's like looking at himself like Superman and Superman 2 where he sees blood for the first time. He's like <laughs> looking down at his hands like, oh. And he just starts <laughs> flicking it. Like, you know, like if you got the uh-huh, caught on your hand. Off. <sighs> and so like now like, puke particles are just like flying like oh, ceiling no. side everything and the, the other and, and not to even drill it in more but all these kids are in car seats so it's not like just cleaning down a seat oh, it's like getting okay. in and uh, belts Crevice, and buckles and, yeah a lot of gross stuff and when i dropped him off i i i brought him to his mom i felt terrible about bringing him to his mom but thank god there was a man outside of her house that was doing mobile car washing and never had i had a moment where like i feel like like a sign from God. It was right. just like, here he was. I was like, sir, I am sorry. My, this kid just uh, vomited all over my car. And I'm like, I'm embarrassed to even say it because I'm like, you're not going to want to clean my car. And this man, Kendrick, took out his his, his his ear pods or whatever. And he was like, oh, puke? Yeah, no problem. I got this. And I was like, oh, you are the best. Like, I love Kendrick. So, uh, he pulls Kendrick, out a flamethrower. <laughs> yeah, he was like, "Let me get that car." He's like, "Let me get that seat out of there right now." And I'm like, we got the seat out together. And then you don't want to like, t- like it's just gross. It's just a gross. It's it's gross. bio and, waste. It is bio yes. waste. You are that is not your kid. So it's, it's even not my more kid. bio waste. And by the way, when it is my kid, it's I have the same. Yeah, yeah. Like it's like I just want it all out. I want it all all out. Like I have a big thing, and I'm sorry, I'm, I'm derailing this, but I will now. I'm like in my puke world where my what I, I have a very I have a very big thing where I'm like I made my mom did it with me but when when you're sick like that and you're puking my son got sick a little while like this with puke my instinct is put a trash can by their bed get garbage bags out do whatever you need to do right because you don't want it in there and my wife's thing is like let's bring him to another carpeted surface like like like, like so she's like all right he puked in the bed he puked in his bed let's bring him to our bed and now he puked in our bed okay let's bring him to our floor now he's puking on the carpet now he's bringing him over. and i'm like no 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 i was like we need to we need to do this this is where we got to be like army like we have to be like no it's not about comfort here it's just about right. it's about us protecting the amount of meds. like yeah so uh yeah so my wife and i butt heads yeah, about that a lot exactly yeah it's containment. containment and it's just like yeah. One spot, plastic all over the floor, and be like, yes. just try to angle yourself towards exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Was were you like this before children? Did, or did anything change? Because I'm curious. Because like, um, I'm very much of the mind where I don't like the idea that I have a body, and I don't like the idea <laughs> that I have a body that produces anything things really. from either yeah. end. Right. I yeah, just don't okay. like the idea of it. I really, I mean. Look, this is tied into lots of mortality stuff where I, <laughs> sure. I really just want to sure. be this like eternal uh, mental spirit mind thing. This Cartesian <laughs> mind orb. that float. Yes, this orb. That's what I re- I like. I desire to be I this bodiless love thing this. that does not produce brown clumps. From <laughs> <either> <laughs> right? And um, they're like. But with my with the animals, then obviously this is different. I'm not gonna, I'm yeah. gonna try to compare children and our pets. Please but- do, please do, <laughs> because I, I don't I I have I have a theory on this as well as an as a animal owner and a child owner. I will I I have theories on both. So go ahead. I th- when when the the animals produce something, it doesn't necessarily disgust me, and okay. I don't know what the difference is between this kind of like philosophical mindset it it or this like just desire i guess it's more like for me it's just so a you feel shame around. in your own your own mess yes. oh, yes. oh yeah wow. absolutely oh, yeah wow it's, it's just like absolutely a, 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 a shame shield 
envelops me. I love that. But it's like, I'm so not, like, because I grew up only child with just my mom, Mm -hmm. I grew up, like, very talking about bodies. It wasn't hippie, but it was just like, we're both wit girls, right? And so, like, if stuff happened to me, I would be like, what's this? What's happening? You know, whatever. And it was easy, and there was no dad to tiptoe around. Well, so yeah, I, I'm just like I, used I, I'm to an it. only child too, and I feel like yeah, I'm like I have no shame over what I produce. I would say, and maybe I'm embarrassed to admit this. Sometimes there's pride in <laughs> in what I produce, uh, and uh, and and look, I, I have to embrace all parts of myself. But there are some moments where I'm like, all right, that was. <laughs> Either exceptionally disgusting or impressively uh, large or something, or whatever, <laughs> whatever it is, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, so I don't have any shame about it. Um, I never did. I think what it is, like I've wiped so many butts now, mm. right? And I and I've and I've seen my uh, I've seen my wife in moments where I'm sure she like wouldn't want me to see her, and I have an amazing way of wiping that from my memory. Like I don't mm-hmm. like I, I I I know I have, but I can't remember a thing about it. And I'm, and by the way, she's seen me be absolutely disgusting as well. So I hope that we wipe those moments from <laughs> our minds. Um but yeah, puke is like I don't know why puke is like my Achilles heel. It's my only mm-hmm. one. Like if you shit on that. the floor, like I, I would be I, I'm look I'm wiping butts. I'm wiping butts <laughs> all the time. I, I, I am not even only wiping butts, but sometimes I am uh, I am like uh, squatting at the base of a toilet, having a conversation, and the way that their legs are open, it's almost like a <laughs> vent going right to my nose. So, like, I- I've been in it. I've been in that world. I've seen it all. I've seen it. I've seen too much. Um, but it yeah. doesn't bother me. I think. I think the. Um, it just puke seems unruly to me. It just yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. and yeah, I don't I don't know what it is. It's just like yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It it seems insurmountable. I guess diarrhea and puke are both insurmountable yes. things. Um Yes, 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 yes. I see that. But, I, but puke also, goes in places that you don't want it to go. Like I feel like that's yeah. the that's the that's the tricky part about it. Like I don't know where puke is going to land. Poop, oh, diarrhea. I see what you're saying. Yeah, like that often lands in the toilet. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Well, unless you know, honey. Fun fact to everybody. Yeah. You know, when you start Lexapro, it can happen to you. You will have a sharding moment, and you want to just hope you're at home, like I was, because uh, that it never happened to me in my life, and it was like literally day two Lexapro. (laughs) I'm sitting in the house, and I was like, and it was great because you weren't home, so I also felt like an extra (laughs) blessing that I was alone in it. And then I was just able to like run and then like put everything in the washing machine so that by the time you came home, you didn't like, I was like, there's no sign of it. He doesn't know. That's Is amazing. that in the antidepressant commercial? Is there a, they really by the way, that would be the- great. <laughs> by the way, I'm not like, I've had some, I've had some shitting the bed moments once I got terrible food. Po- like I've, I've, yeah, I've definitely gone in that moment. Um, but you see where you and I are differ is I'm not washing any of that shit. I'm getting a garbage bag. I'm you almost putting myself <laughs> in a garbage bag. Everything I never want to see it again. I don't want to clean it. I, I like I don't I don't need it. I don't ever need this in my life. I don't want to get in there with a brush and go to town. No, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. Well, those, Ugh, God. those are those human giant residuals. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could be that throwing you, it. That gives you throw it. Get that. Get that out. By the way, it was like it was so funny. I was talking to somebody about like uh, about like that, like the way that like these things work. The people like not that this is like a big deal, but you make a show, you do a thing, 
And people assume like, oh, if someone rents it on iTunes, like that dollar ninety nine, that you're gonna get that dollar ninety nine. I, I will say <laughs> I, that just I don't know who needs to hear it. That's not the case for <laughs> anything. Like I remember, Human Giant came out in two thousand and five, I think, or some r- around there, and we were like one of the only like iTunes was like a, a novel thing, like video on iTunes mm-hmm. that you get a show, and it was like I remember like downloading Lost, it looked better on that, you know, whatever it was, and. Like, we were the number one show on it. And you would think at some point, well, there would be a check coming <laughs> to us. Like, oh, iTunes money. Nope. Because there's nothing to do. If they just have a file and then someone's paying two bucks. Like, the, the rate of return should be giant on that. Like, right, it's, right, a, it's right. just, like, there's no nothing has transpired. You didn't put in a case. No, you don't see any of that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Not to get too far into this yeah. talk, but is, yeah. that, is it because that was before the, the writer's strike? Before they negotiated digital. Uh, well, I mean, if you want to get into like the nitty gritty <laughs> of this, I, I will say this. I was at, I, I will eliminate names. I was at a WGA meeting. Uh, love the Writers Guild. Great, great organization. Uh, and, and they were talking about writers re- residuals. And I think I'm trying to figure out how to uh, uh, take out all the specifics. names. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so someone gets up in the room and goes, uh-huh. hi, I'm so-and-so. I created this show, which is the most popular show on this streaming service. Mm-hmm. I th- I see a thousand dollars a year from that, oh. and 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 he was like, "So just so you know, like everyone here in this room, that you're going like like." If you're at my level where I'm getting, that's as much as I'm seeing. So, like, right. I'm at the high end of nothing. So, it was interesting <laughs> to be like, yeah, yeah, the most successful person in the room is not making money. And then everyone else below him is like, my show gets 250,000 people to watch. And I think 15 people in Canada once saw it. Like, I want my residuals. It's like, it's not happening. Be, they'll come to your house in pennies. It'll be like those old letters you got when you were a kid, like, like the Save the Children, where they had two pennies taped yeah, inside true. of it. Like, uh, one there dime it is. and yeah, a there bunch of, like, return postage stickers yeah so listeners subscribe to all of our patreons uh, <laughs> we need our patreons to, to paul's twitch yeah. uh, by the way i did and i will say one other thing about this which is even wilder uh when i did this thing for paramount rob hubel and i did this uh thing called uh crash test which was based on our stage show it was yeah. super fun and that show was sold to a network and then this is not new but it was sold in like a package of 12 things. So it's like a network is like buying like, I'll buy the day after tomorrow, uh, this stand-up <laughs> special, uh, you know, this series and like 12 other things. Like, so how do you even equate like what, you, who, like how do you, like, when you break what? up that pie? Yeah, yeah, yeah that pie <laughs> yeah. is very yeah. small. <laughs> like I, day after tomorrow should get a lot more money than we are. Like that's a 120 million. They got a lot more money to make back than we do. <laughs> Wait, but Paul, I remember yeah. so distinctly. I worked at American Artists Magazine, which was like okay. at 900 Broadway, like back when you guys were doing Human Giant. Okay. And y'all were also in that building. Oh, is that and the I one that all... was like, like the one right? Yeah, it's the one like right downtown, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Like yeah, on yeah, that. Yeah. But was that MTV? Because I would always see like one of y'all, you know, you, Aziz, like you Naomi, like, I got to tell you. We... What was there? Okay. <laughs> Our office space at Human Giant was wild <laughs> wild okay because we first started out uh it, we, we we shot the show in la and new york and the idea behind that was like a handful of like me and hubel lived in la aziz and Wolner lived in new york and and i had just kind of moved out here and i was kind of being a little bit of a, a prick about like i don't want to just like i just moved here like i just mm-hmm. gave up my apartment and 
they were like, we got to shoot in New York. But what we kind of found was, oh, if we shot half the show in L.A., half the show in New York, we would get the best of the writers of L.A. and the best of the writers in New York and the best oh. of the talent in L.A. and the best of the talent in New York. It was actually a beautiful idea. I don't know. And because... I don't know how financially feasible it was, but it it, it worked. It, it worked enough. Um, so our first office in L.A. was literally four brick walls, no windows. I'd never been in a building without windows. It's in the MTV <laughs> complex in Santa Monica. We were on the first floor. There was no light. You never knew if it was day, if it was night. No windows. Now, Nick Cannon had his sketch show on the floor above us all all windows, all windows. <laughs> he would pull up in a Rolls Royce. Lovely guy. Um, uh, but we had no windows. So that was our first weird office space. Then um, we got moved to a weird building in New York. Also not cool. Just like a very uh, corporate building. We're like, yeah. Okay, corporate, whatever. And then where we moved to that was like the height of corporate. Like we were like in, mm -hmm. it looked like we could have been telemarketers. Like we just yeah. had like <laughs> half of a floor and it was, and we were in this building. We knew where the cool bathrooms were. We knew if we went up mm -hmm. two flights, there was a better bathroom. And, but it wasn't like, it was kind of like an MTV runoff. Like there was no other oh. MTV like really around there. It was just like, we had like this hat, like it's almost like, MTV was like a weird landlord. Like, yeah, I got a half a floor on uh, Broadway and 12. You want to go use that? Anyway, and, and like, and so we kind of just used that. And uh, yeah, so it was a weird, yeah, so it wasn't MTV proper at all, but right. we liked it because it was downtown. And that show, uh, you know, we slept in those offices. We did, we did, it was insane. It was this insane. But yeah, it was so corporate. And we, uh, you know, and then we're like, you know, having dolphin heads like being transported up and down <laughs> elevators. <laughs> Uh, one of my first writing, I guess I could say this now, right? I, I essentially wrote Cedric's Barber Battle with another guy oh, from wow. UCB because <laughs> okay. what happened was Cedric had hired all his friends who were not writers and they couldn't do it. So yeah. me and this other guy from UCB uh, got hired to write the show essentially and they stuck us in a windowless uh, almost completely dark room <laughs> where with a, I just remember there being a giant mixer in it. No wow. windows. And to that, sit there. Like a, just, like, a, like a music mixer or like a, a food mixer? Music mixer. <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> to churn and then sat there and just churned out page after page of like one-liners about uh, cutting hair and about wherever, whatever city <laughs> that, that, that episode happened to be wild. shot in. I love those jobs when you don't know better. Like when you don't know better, like, there is, there is like this freedom of that. Like I mean, I look back, like Best Week Ever was one of the first gigs I had. Now a lot of people think like, oh, you were on I Love the Eighties, and I I defiantly say, no, I was not. I was on Best Week Ever. I have like a, I have pride in that. Uh, uh, by the way, Best Week Ever also shot in a weird corporate building above Mars Twenty One Twelve. Uh, oh, and, Jesus. and, 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 you Love know, the Lord. elaborate studios that they had was, it was like, it was like the corner office that a, a boss would have in a regular building. That's, those were the best week ever studios. They would just pull down. They had like, they had like a big roll of colorful paper and they just <laughs> pull it down and then you'd sit in front of it. Like it was just an <laughs> office and like you were getting your makeup done in a conference room. Like it was nothing about it was like, this is a studio. This is anything. Yeah, there was yeah. no snacks. There was no water. There was nothing. It was like, you're just going in there. And yeah. I remember like someone saying to me like, you're rich because you're on TV. I was like, I get paid my check from best week ever when I had no agent, I had no anything was $500. 
That's it. 500. <laughs> and I was like, I am living the life. <laughs> I, I am rich. But but I but I so was not. Uh, and you because you the amount of work that they would make you do is they would send you like a 15 page packet and you have to like write a million jokes. So mm-hmm. every Tuesday night I'd be home going, OK, uh, Ben Affleck and, and J-Lo broke up. Uh, OK, well, I guess uh, there won't be a Geely too. you know, whatever. I'm like, you know, just furiously writing like the and like and you would and that job was like. 98% was waste and 2% yeah. was used. And you were right. like, but you were like, I have it so good. I have it so good. It's so funny because I did Best Week Ever. Was it Best Week Ever? Like one single time. Literally, they okay. only used one line of mine, but I was mm-hmm. in the teaser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never oh, saw see? a dime, but I didn't Whoa. have reps. And so I didn't know. Like, I was like, will I get paid? Oh, oh, and that, I was like, well, were, maybe this is just a practice, and then if they like me, I'll get paid. The, like, I just never asked. Yeah. I didn't know what to do. That I is like, a, I'm, I was on TV. That was good, right? That <laughs> that was a VH1 special because I swear to God, they were like, well, we're testing you out. We're not going to pay you yet. We're, they did a lot of that testing people out. Okay. Like, you know, and yeah. it was, and, and uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, and it, but, but yeah, you do it. You, of course you do it because you you're to. like. I'm like, I'm excited. Can I put this on my reel? Like, you know, I did. You know, I did. Of course you have. Yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, (laughs) I love peeling back the sick curtain so people see what this stuff is really (laughs) like. Well, and then the other thing, and the other thing about that is truthfully, and this is a theory that I have, and I know this is about relationships and things like this, but I will say that. pivot. uh, (laughs) But I will say, I will say, um, people don't watch a goddamn thing. So honestly, <laughs> when people watch that reel of you, they're like, oh, she's on Best Week Ever. Didn't matter if you were on there 10 times in a row, one what? second, one clip. And it's like, I, I, I sent him one of my good friends. I was like, once you take solace in the fact that none of your friends will watch what you do, you <laughs> will be so much happier. Because if you're waiting for someone to be like, hey, I love that thing. Like I'm on this show that, I love. I love Black Monday. I love working with those people, uh, Cheadle and Regina and Andrew. Like they're great, the best. Yasser. I don't, Yasser. Oh, fucking the best. I love Yasser. And uh, and but I don't know who watches it. I don't think any. <laughs> I, I I honestly think close personal friends, like close friends of mine, like that you would think like, oh, you would check that out. I heard. I haven't heard a word. I haven't heard a word. Like, oh, I like that show. That was good. Like, and it's just like that weird thing. And I and I and I used to be like offended by. It. I was like, why does anybody watch my stuff? And like, because every like everyone has ten friends who are all in like one thing that is important. And then you're mm-hmm. like, I can't. I got to watch the things that I want to watch because I like I I have my. Li- and if your thing crosses over with the thing I actually like, even better. But right, right. chances are it's not. Like you know, I, if I was friends with Bob Odenkirk, it'd be great because I could. Yeah, yeah, call color <laughs> awesome, Michaela Cole, that was great. Oh my god, I love this. Show. Like, but I'm not. These are not my friends. So I can't. I can't share with them uh, all that sort of stuff. Um, okay, but here's how I wanted to pivot because here's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Right, we're okay. three creatures who are trying our best in this sick business. <laughs> and do you see how quickly we started talking about residuals? Now, yes. you are married yeah. to another creative person. Yes. Y'all are yes. both in it. You know, it's something Andy and I deal with, of course, you know, doing the pod and you and June do the pod. Like, yeah. you know, how do you separate it? And maybe having the children is, obviously helps. But, and, you know, was there anything that you guys set up? Yeah. And did you, yeah. Did you have a conversation or did you kind of just fall? Because I also think 
improvisers. Naomi's a stand-up. I'm more like an improviser sketch yeah. person. And right. I th- I would think with improvisers, you might just like yes and each other into something without having a conversation. Well, <laughs> you mean yeah, bits? I, like just yeah, bits. just do bits. Just do bits. <laughs> it's all unspoken. You have to read the subtext. I will say this. Let me say this. And because I don't know all the particulars about your relationship and I don't know any, the particulars about anybody's relationship. <laughs> I will tell you what I have found works for me and and it, and and how it's been different. I dated somebody uh, for a long time before I was involved with June. Uh, and we really like were in each other's business. Like we improvised together, we wrote together, we did all these things together it, to a point where it felt like our careers were slightly intersected, right? Like mm-hmm. it wasn't like we were a, a duo, but we would always do stuff together. And what I found was, like we were on vacation. I remember this so distinctly. We were on vacation in London and it was the first time I'd been in London and I was so excited to be there and we were talking and I and I felt like this panic come over me because I was like, oh wait, we should be working on some like work stuff, right? We should, like, and, and, I, and I were like, oh, let's do this. And we were trying, we were like forcing like this work thing onto our relationship or at least I look back on it now and go, oh wow. And I wasn't like enjoying the relationship. So I made a very conscious decision if I ever get involved with somebody who is in this world again, I want to be very cognizant of how I approach that work-life balance. Because what mm-hmm. why I'm why I'm with that person is not to further my career. It's because mm-hmm. that person uh, is my partner, my my like my light. Like I want this person to exist outside of that. And so, yeah. I, I think that uh, that June felt that way a little bit too. We talked about it a little bit, and and yes, we have crossed paths and the way that we've done it is like when i created ntsf sd suv like i put her in the show but the reason why it was a 20-day shoot i was the writer or i was the creator of it uh, i directed episodes whatever and it was a 20-day shoot our careers were not tied it was a sort of like hey you want to come do this thing like be in this mm-hmm. movie and and you're a part of this ensemble and it just felt like the weight wasn't like it wasn't all on her shoulders it wasn't mm-hmm. all on my shoulders and it felt easy yeah. How did this get made? We didn't know podcasts were ever going to be a thing. And we just kind of started doing it because we were, it came out of like a natural conversation. And and it was just this kind of a fun thing to do. But we've kept How Did This Get Made fun. Jason and June, and I say this with all the love in the world, do nothing but show up uh-huh. when it, there it is their <laughs> yeah. time to record and mm-hmm. and be hilarious and that's right. all they fucking need to do and uh, so i have i have no ill will about it yeah. but that's the way that we balance that as well like there's no business talk there's no totally. come do this or like it's like let's book our dates let's go do our thing and we'll go and but we make it as easy as possible so the long story short is like yes we do work together but we work together in ways that uh allow us to be our own fully performing person, our yeah. own person outside of each other. And and in many ways, there are times, like even on the Twitch show, where I'll say to Gina, like, come on and do this thing. And she's like, well, I don't want to like, we already do the podcast. I don't want to do another thing. <laughs> and, 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 and I appreciate that because it's like, I also feel when you are performing, you're looking to that other person, like, do they like what I'm doing? Do they not like what I'm doing? Am I funny? Am I bad? Absolutely. Like, you know, and it's like, and, and like, when, uh, we've put each other on tape. Those are some of the bigger fights we've gotten into is putting each other on tape, you know? Thank you, Paul. This yeah. man has notes. And I said, uh, I have a vision for my own character. I don't need it. Okay? And that's, 
and that's like, and so I've learned how to how to put June on tape for auditions, and how she puts me on tape, and, it's like, and I want the notes, but I don't want the notes. I want them to be said in a certain way. It's hard. This is a person that I love. This is the this is like my wife, the mother of my children, the person who like brings me the ultimate joy, no matter what is going on in my life. And so when she goes, I think that you're missing that joke, or I think you should be playing that a little bit more seriously. <laughs> I feel like a fucking failure, uh, oh, you know, God. so, you yeah. know, so yeah, so it, it is a lot about balance. We would never pass up an opportunity. We work together a lot, but I think we le- work together in low stakes environments. Like I would never want to yeah. do a movie that it was like the two, a two hander of us where like, where we're a lot, like maybe I would do that, but it's like, it'd have to be set up in such a way where we both felt really protected because Mm-hmm. You know, I I want her I want her support when I'm failing, and I want her support when I'm succeeding. But I don't want to be like beholden to because I she's got to be there for me, and I have to be there for her. And if we're in it together, we're both being needy, and no one's being there for each other. If that makes sense, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, it makes sense, Bajir. Like, I mean, or even like when you wrote me about doing you and Rob's Twitch show, you know, and you're like, you want to come on, or you and Andy can come on, and it's funny because I had this moment, a beat where I was like. Well, I can do this myself. But then right. I was like, you know what? We have our Twitch show together. Right. And I knew it was a chill conversation situation right. that I was like, oh, yeah, we could do that together. Because it is important to me, too. I mean, you you too. I'm not like saying this like just for me, but it's like sure. we want our own things. And I yes. think especially yeah. because I'm more front facing with stand up. Sure. Yeah. People do know me more. And it is really important to me where I'm like. Me, Andy, his name is not actually Jubu. Can you, like, go into the world? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I want, right. I don't want it. I don't want to bring him into that necessarily. Yeah. But then at the same time, I'm like, I've learned, and I think especially in choir, right, being around each other nonstop, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, yeah, stuff when it's just like, let's just sit and talk or let's do something chill. But yeah. if it's more stand-up or something like that, it's like, let me do this myself. Right. And then when it's a yeah. sketch and you're like, will you be in my sketch? And I'm like, yes, I'll say the words. I will not fight about it. <laughs> like, I, I don't know what this is, but I will support it. Well, and, that, and that's and that's kind of this balance. And I think it's a constantly evolving thing because there is something like really fun about uh, podcasts. It is light and fun. And it's like, and it can be very easy. I mean, it's not, it shouldn't be that stressful. If it is, you should get out of it. But, uh, you know, in a way, you know, because yeah. it should oh, be, like, yeah, um, but there, but like, like that's why even I was even reticent to be like, hey, you want to come on? Do you want to come on together? Like, here's options. Like, I don't want right. to. I don't want to. I'm I'm cognizant of saying, you tell me what's good for you. Like, mm-hmm. you know, because it's like I don't know. I don't know if you want that or you don't want that or right. what you're trying to do. Because I know that sometimes I think June will feel like, oh, I'm not just his wife. And I also will feel like, and I'm not like, you know, everyone wants to tell me how much they want to like, you know, how beautiful June is. And I'm like, I, I, I appreciate, uh, yes, great, she is <laughs> like, um, I, you know, like, it's like, there are these, are these, you become responsible for somebody else and, and it, but it's like, we are in this business of also like, you guys are never going to be up for the same thing ultimately. Right. Mm-hmm. June and I will never be up for anything. So there's a real direct competition, but it is like. We want to be seen as our own thing, not yeah. as a side piece yeah. to anyone, and yes. uh, and that's and that's good. Yeah, yeah, but it's hard. Did y'all meet here in LA or in New York? We met in New York. We met in New York um, back in the. I mean, we've been together. Oh God, now like it's it's uh, probably over fifteen years. Oh wow! Like wow. yeah, so we've been married for ten, 
and we have been together for about 15, 16 years. Yeah, I think. Lord, I had no yeah. idea. Yeah, so I think two years ago is our, yeah, so two years ago is our 10th anniversary, uh, 2019. And then, yeah, and so, yeah, so in this January, it'll probably be 16 years. That's crazy. Oh, wow. Um, wow. But it's but it's it's amazing. And, you know, uh, how yeah. long have you guys been together? 11. 11. A little over 11, 11. years. Okay, oh, so, yeah, you yeah, guys yeah. can't be that shocked by me. That, that like I mean, <laughs> No, but I guess it's like I didn't know because it's funny what you're saying about being separate. I, like, Y'all weren't doing stuff together creatively until maybe the last five-ish years, right? Well, I guess longer? like yeah, maybe a little yeah. Like whenever NTSF started, like we've been doing. How did this get made for ten years? It's been going for ten years. Yeah, it's crazy, it was the, it was right? the first ten wave years. of. Earwolf. I yeah, remember that so goodness. clearly because it was so, the first wave of like Earwolf podcast, and I yes, was like, we were like, like, like who charted. Comedy Bang Bang. Yeah, okay. Scar Brothers. I see, I see. Yeah, Those so I mean, I we, 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 but I mean, but like again, that doesn't really count. But I, I will say, uh, but I'm, I'm. This is what I'm actually really curious about because 11 years, 15 or 16 years, whatever we are, uh, there's something to be said for I, I, I view us as being young, right? Like <laughs> we've been together with our partner for a long time, and I think what people don't always get, and I want to hear your take on this too, is like. It is a long road full of ups and downs and detours. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think I'm finally getting comfortable with this idea of getting through a period of time. And I think during this pandemic, like before this pandemic, mm-hmm. there was like, I, you know, I, I, you know, I'm not afraid to say it because it's, I think it's truthful. I think we just had like, June and I had a, it was just sort of like one of those things where it was like metal on metal. We were just kind of scratching each other the wrong yeah. way. It was nothing that was like, it was nothing that was catastrophic. It was just right. sort of like you were just in a rut, like a little mm-hmm. bit of a rut. And and that happens sometimes. And I feel like it takes a lot of energy to get through it and not give, again, giving up is, was not like a part of the the option process. But it was but like almost it just- it could be, yeah, right? Like, right, yeah, you're right. in something that for other people could have been. Exactly. Yeah. And I think what the, the trick is, is like the length of the time that you're together is is uh, is important because you're like, oh, we've been through so much. But it's it's interesting to see like these relationships take these moments and because we, we are people that are growing. We're like trees like we're you know, we're yeah. constantly evolving <laughs> and and we are, are on top of each other and we yeah. are there. And I think that we're, we're leaving this pandemic probably stronger than we've ever been been mm-hmm. but yeah but in the in the meantime it's like you can you can hit these little ruts and it could be because you're depressed it could be because the other person's depressed it could be like you're unfulfilled it doesn't have even to do with the relationship you're just a human being who has like emotions and sometimes you're just not going to get what you need from her from that relationship yeah. or you're just mad at that per- like I have, I have friends that get mad at I have everybody get mad at why would it, <laughs> why would this person that i live with 24 7 be that person i get mad at like you know or right. or feel irritated by right. and i feel like people don't often acknowledge that and i feel like people don't acknowledge that and people don't acknowledge how hard it is to have a baby this and is then, what we do on our podcast we yes. talk about oh one of our big things paul one of yes. our first taglines was the phrase gotta miss a bitch because andrew yeah. and i both believe the key to making love work is you got you can't be in each other's face all the time you have to uh, separate yes, you yes. have to the whole thing behind that is you have to have separate stories you have to go off yes have separate you know have separate journeys and then come back so you can tell each other about the about what you experienced uh, absolutely like i i always envision this image and maybe as i describe it it will sound stupid but i i picture okay so uh i picture a mountain 
and picture Andy, you on one side, and Naomi are on the other side, and you're both down in the valley, and you're doing your shit. You're getting, you're getting your berries, Andy, you're getting some wood, and you're coming up, and you're building this campfire, right? Yes. But but you're both not on the same side of the valley and you're not both you know it's not like okay maybe you pick the wood and I'll hold the wood it's like no no you're going to get your wood you're going and and you have to go up and then you build your campsite together and it's important yep. to it's important to build together and not just have one person supporting the other person building or or waiting yes. on the other person and, yeah. and that's and that's the same idea like the idea of like you got to go off you have to do your own thing come mm-hmm. back and and then you will make something that is stronger because you both had your own space yeah, yeah. but uh, Oh, sorry. What were you going to say? I was just going to say, I was like, I think, for instance, for us, you know, this move to L.A. has been very hard for that very reason, yeah. because, you know, in New York, you can have a little more balance. You can be pursuing Absolutely. this, but then there's other stuff. Whereas if yeah. it's like L.A., it's all about it. And it's constantly this question of, am I making it or am I not? Yeah. And then also, for instance, I don't really drive. Like, mm-hmm. I, like okay. I have a license, but like I don't drive. And like I don't go okay. the wheel. I'm like, it's, I'm not good at it. Um, okay. And also... Like, I just feel like I'm more sedentary. Like, yeah, I go do show before times, of course. Like, go do yeah. shows or whatever. But like, you know, in, in New York, I could just you could just go, and I, you know, you just walk subway, bus, whatever. Mm-hmm. And this is always like, well, do I want to get in a lift? Do I want to try yeah, to get a ride? No, do I yeah. want to? I just didn't really do it as much, you know. And well, then, the I think the whole thing behind all of this stuff is this. I I think about this a lot. I call it the entropy problem. Mm-hmm. It's how much energy do you have. And how are you going to apportion out that energy? Mm -hmm. All right. And if you are, because I think one of the problems with the move to Los Angeles was like all of your energy is going to keeping you uh, out of the depths of despair. That's true. Uh huh. That's most of it. Uh, whereas yeah. in New York, you were you were just on the edge of the death of despair. You had your legs dangling off the side, like like in a pool. Just warming up my toes. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Exactly. Get those toes warm. <laughs> so more of your energy is going to there, and and I think that makes it more difficult to do other things or to invest the like. Paul, when you're saying like sometimes like metal against metal, right? And when yeah. you're in a relationship for a long time, you. You have to say like, all right, well, I'm going to put more energy into this to get us through this kind of like yes. time where our rhythms are just off with each other. Right. Because right. that's just it just happens. Your rhythms just happen to go off each other for a while. And if it's like too long, if it's like years, well, then that's something. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, also, it's like there's I don't know if you guys I, I, there's so many things I want to say about this. Like, there's also a part of me that is a bigger believer now in in. uh like parachuting out of a moment. Like, you know what? Mm. Our rhythms are off. I don't need to fix this right now. I'm going to walk away from it. And you know what? Maybe yeah. just by being away for it from for two hours, it's going to actually remedy itself better than me going, well, what's wrong? Why are we fighting? What's trying to make, like trying to get to the bottom of it. <sighs> like sometimes it's like, just get the fuck out. Sometimes it's just like, it just space. And that when, going back to the New York of it all. Yeah. New York, LA, like you have an apartment, a house, whatever you are in. That's like your main, that's your home base. In New York, I often felt like the city was an extension of your apartment. Like you could walk around, go to a coffee shop. Like you were never far away from being able to go out, go see a movie. Like everything was at your fingertips. And, Mm -hmm. and there's a space like, so no matter if you lived in a studio, you could go out and feel like you're not trapped. And in LA, it's different. I, I, and like, I look, I know everyone's financial things are drastically different. So I'm not trying to be like advocating this. I will say that if you can, I think it's very important 
to find an apartment or a place where you are where you have two separate spaces to work to do mm. your thing like so it's like you got your desk i have my desk and we can go off into our own corners it does it could even be on opposite mm-hmm. sides of the room but our headphones are in or you know we could like wall off a little bit because the one of the best things that ever happened to me was we found this apartment out here and thank goodness going back to what we talked about in the beginning the woman was the best week ever fan so i think she let us like skip to the front of the line <laughs> um we found this amazingly cheap apartment that was it was uh three bedrooms three bedrooms mm. it was like 1200 bucks it was like ridiculously what? cheap it was like insane it was absolutely insane and but it was it was a great like oh it was like i had an we had a guest room and june had an office but the guest room was also my office it was just like we just had a door to close doors to close are important and you and and i know you may look at it and go like i don't have x amount of money and i I, look and this is the these are different problems for different people so i but i'll say but if you can that door to close, that extra money for that door to close will pay off giant dividends in your life. In your life. Like you yep. will make that money back. Like that you're not saving any money by not having that extra door to close. If you can if you if it's closer, you're considering it, go spend a little bit more and close or that. Or even a screen, door. honey. If you could yes. screen off yes. something and say, This is my time, because mm-hmm. I think what you're saying, I mean, because you do that with your AirPods, like you kind of put, because you're pretty good at tuning out in general, yeah. meaning not like in a bad way, but like, you know, no, you no, get yeah. in your zone and do it. Whereas like, I'm like so fucking easily distracted because I don't want to work. And so I'm constantly <laughs> right. just like, what you reading? Right. What you right. feeling? Like, oh, it's yeah. just like so oh. like, terrible. And like, that, I'm like, oh, I need to get out of the house. I need to like go to a physical location. You know, a couple times I had done in our old apartment where I was like that like Bolt coffee spot. What I like to do when I know I need to work, go to like a coffee place, do not bring your laptop charger because oh. then you've got a finite amount of time. And it's like, I, I really like only that. have two hours to get this going. Right. Or so else I the battery. Yeah, right. Die. That's going. Okay. I like that. And it makes See, me like yeah. focus. You a countdown clock. You like a bomb. Like it's like, like die well, hard but, three. But, it, but there is something good. I, I, I agree with like that idea. Like sometimes working in a coffee shop, uh, which, you know, it's like, of course everyone does it but it's like there is something about it like the internet's never going to be that great right so you can't like you can't just like start like streaming shit like you know like you know so you you are like kind of forced to you know like yeah yeah like to kind of like wall yourself off and you just have a harder time doing that in your apartment because you can like go to the kitchen get a pretzel (laughs) give that person that you're with like a hug or kiss like you know you're finding all those like little things uh but it's it's so important to be like yeah, uh, to find those, yeah, that 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 time to actually focus and and build that in. I think it's hard yeah. to find that time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you definitely have to. But then also when you're working, one of the things we do that our couples therapist had to like tell us mm-hmm. is like we have business hours, like right. after six p.m. We don't talk about do we book it? Do we get an? E- I mean, like, do we book the cop yes. pod? Do we have an email? Yes. What's it? Or right. even scheduling things are not done verbally we g-chat each other or we email each other for scheduling things see this is what i'm talking about like that is the thing that you like that's the that's the right way to do it i think because it's like it's not it's not getting into your private time like your private time should be like you can vent about your own shit you can vent about whatever but like like as as, as you would do with anything but you're not booking making you're not relying on each other to fix a work problem like on that way yeah i love that i love i think the thing that what's what's so difficult about um this business 
or maybe it's business in general. I don't know. I haven't been in any other real businesses, but like <laughs> is the um, intertwining of all these different modes of being, right? So mm -hmm. for especially if you're in a couple, right, or but yeah. even with your friends, but like romantic or friendship gets coupled with uh, creativity, gets mm -hmm. coupled with business and capitalism. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I think, and I and my strong suspicion is that business stuff is the thing that like really starts to like warp this that like you or like you can maintain maybe it's more that like you can maintain two of these things pretty well and it's the third one that's always where there, it's going to be metal on metal yeah that's yeah, just I a, think, i'm just yeah. throwing that out there i, I don't I have not i didn't give it any thought beyond no I, 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 I like what you're saying like i think what I, I have something that's i feel like is similar which is i know what i want to create I don't know if I'm always successful at it, but if what I want to create is no matter how shitty my day is, no matter how low I feel, uh, and this is on the, the negative side of it, or honestly, like if I had a great day, I want to build my family time as like, oh, thank God I have my family. I don't want to look to my family as yeah. a validation of that part of my life. The family, I want my family to be the validation of the me, the person. Like if, yeah. if everything was stripped away from me, I still have my my sons and my wife, and I can feel like love and comfort there. I have more than that, but I mean, but like, but like, I can, <laughs> but I, but I can come home to them, you know. And and, and I think yeah. that like, and that, and so I've really been trying to focus on that. Like, so we have like built in end of days business hours because at five five thirty our nanny leaves. We go have dinner, then it's bath time, then it's, you know, it's mm -hmm. a whole rigmarole, then it's <laughs> like reading stories and bedtime. So like, we are from five to like eight thirty, eight forty. It is just accounted for. Like so, kids are amazing at stopping you from do like from being focused on your shit, doing your shit, and, and for good I and for I worse. That's why I should have one. Yeah, but that's not a good reason, really. Because <laughs> that's by my way, only reason. I'm like, maybe I need some balance. Should I have nah. a baby? But by the way, <laughs> I'm gonna tell I'm, I'm gonna tell you a couple things about that. You're not far <laughs> off. I don't think it's a terrible <laughs> idea, um, uh, because it actually does open you up to so much more stuff. But it also I think the one thing I learned, the piece of advice I will pass on uh, forever is no one is 100% ready to have a child. And mm -hmm. if you are, something is wrong. Because what you're, say what you're saying is, all right, and what I mean by that is like, if you're 100% ready to have a child, then you have no conception of what a child is. Because a child is going to fuck up your shit right <laughs> and, if, and and and, and, and it, it just, it's going to mess it up and if you have not considered that and you're not hesitant about that you shouldn't have a you should not have a child but yeah. like but like i always feel like if you can get to about 65 to 70 percent like i want to have a kid that's i think that's the right zone because you're like you are essentially saying I'm giving up my lifestyle. I'm giving up the, like, yeah. I, like, and one of the dumbest yes. things I've said, this is like, it's so dumb and people make fun of me when I say it, but it, it, I think it's the only way I can kind of describe it is like, before we had a kid, I remember, uh, you know, I was home alone. Uh, June was working or whatever she was doing. And I was like, I'm going to go get like a yogurt. There's like a Froyo place on the street. I go get a yogurt. Get it. But now when I have a kid, the kid's sleeping. I want to go get a yogurt. I'm like, oh, I can't leave the house now i can't just like casually walk down the block anymore and it's like that's a when that first i mean i know postmates and bullshit but it's like but like <laughs> but, the, but the idea being like that that moment of like oh Something right now i have simple. to like everything is now here like nothing is simple like all the mm -hmm. easiest things that we've ever done oh go see that movie at this time oh no 
No. And like, mm-hmm. and you'd be you'd be insane to be like, I want to do that. No one wants to do that. Like you could be like, I love a kid. I can't wait to be a parent. I love my husband. I love my wife. I love my partner. Whatever it is, you could have all those feelings. But if you don't acknowledge, I remember what somebody said to me. They're like, when you have a kid, I'm going to look at you and we're going to share a moment because we're both going to know something that not many people know. Only people who have kids know. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I got this. I'm fine. And I'm the 65, 70% person. And when I saw him after I had the kid, I was like, you were right. Yeah, now I know exactly what you're talking about. I get it. <laughs> like, I get it. And it's like, it's a secret, like a weird secret society. But it's a great, it's a great one. But it is like, it is like a, yeah, that's a, that's all. I mean, it's a, you know, it's a, but I'm it is a great I'm only at like balance. 20%, 30 when I really See? just want to give up on the business. That's <laughs> Like, I know, like, I don't have the temperament for it. I think right. I'm already anxious. I already need too much sleep just to function. Like, I would oh, very God. much be like, mommy needs her dolls. It would be a Valley yeah, yeah, yeah. Dolls right. mother situation, <laughs> and I know I shouldn't do it. You already have, like, a baby's temperament. I do, that like, becomes. irritable. I'm, like, irritable, restless Irritable, need irritable. a lot of naps. <laughs> right. So I'm like, just want to eat. I couldn't. But then there and by the way, I'm also not one of those people who are like, everyone should have a kid. Right. Do of course, what you, understand. you want to do. Yeah, exactly. And now the only reason why I want people to have kids is because then I'll have people that will have a similar schedule and could be like, can we just like, do you know a place where there's a fucking climbing wall? Like, okay, great. We can go there. <laughs> like, you know, it's just, it gives me more options for people to hang out with on a Saturday. But besides <laughs> that, I, 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 that's really the only reason. Well, like, we uh. will hang with people with kids. It's funny because I, I think you're very good at it because you will just kind of be on the kid's level. Sure. Like, I know, like, you don't, you have a high patience, a high tolerance for, like, repetition. You know what I mean? Like, there's some, like, we were hanging out with some kid and she literally would not stop. She would just go, hi, Andy. And then Andy would go, hi, Nora. And he did this for 30 minutes with this girl. And oh, I'm sitting there going, I'm trying to have a conversation. So if you right, guys right, could right. just pipe down with that. And then, that, like, but you're good or, like, you were, like, playing. What was a Meisner exercise? That's yeah, true. You're, you were really like, working on the craft. What are you doing? I'm eating an apple. What are you doing? I'm <laughs> digging a hole. What are you doing? Like, like they're that acting accessories. <laughs> yeah, but it's like he's like you have the patience to like do it, and I think I, but I do. I get a little sad when like like I was talking to somebody. She's like, oh yeah, we're trying to have a baby, and in my head I was like, oh. I'm not gonna see you no more. Oh, uh, like, I know. Like, yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. And it takes about you. You basically eat shit for about like two years, and then and then that, that that okay. Like I feel like you eat shit for two years in the sense that the first six months, no one tells you how hard it is, and then it starts going exponentially better. And then like nine months, you're like, oh, this is great. Then twelve months, you're like, okay, I got it. And then like <laughs> and then you're you're kind of back to normal. And then that second year, you're like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like you, you just it's it's, it's like. You know, like getting an injury, like you gotta like work it back, and you're and you're in it, and then you figured out all your nanny situations. You know that they're gonna sleep at this time. You get in, and like not say that we didn't have any fun in that time, but those are the years where you're kind of like figuring it out. I think, I think, unless you're like just like drop him off at a nanny and be like, you raise my kid, and I'll see you later. And and, and by the way, I've seen that happen too. So this is L.A. Of course, yeah, yeah. yeah, Children are being raised by someone else. Yeah, exactly. Well, again, it's that it's this thing about energy. It's like because look, this is this is a complete analogy. I'm not comparing the two things, but when we first, uh, when when quarantine started and we first for real were like, oh, we're gonna be in this for a while. Yeah, uh, and we migrated again. Dumb analogy. We migrated uh, our live show that we did monthly to Twitch. Okay, and okay. Uh, I had to relearn everything. In fact, why don't we just expand this so it's not just about that. I had to, when we started quarantine, we had to relearn how to live our lives inside our apartment. Absolutely, right? yeah. yeah. And everything changed and 
I remember those first, how tiring it was those first couple months to learn how to do all this stuff, learn how to like do this thing online that we're doing, learn how to, yeah. now we're doing this podcast on zoom, like all this kind of stuff. Now I have to clean all my groceries or whatever. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that took an inordinate amount of energy. Same thing when we first got Mabel. It took a lot of e- our dog. Yeah. It took a lot of energy to learn the rhythms because I was a cat person before that. Learn the rhythms of a dog and learn how to take care yes. of a dog, right? Now, so it's I would say with a child, it probably is exponential from those things where it's like your life is now totally rearranged. You have this new relationship with this with this person you've created, and you have to relearn everything from the ground up. Every one of your relationships has changed. And now yes. all your energy is going into learning how to relive your life with this new relationship in it. And, and I'll add one other part of it that's really complex too, which is like you have to learn how to parent together because, As, yeah. yeah, you know, that's like you both are separate people. June and I are separate people mm-hmm. and we take care of our own life and our own shit in our own way. But then you have to take care of this thing that you both want. And ownership is a weird term, but like, but you want to be like, no, no, I want to instill this. I want to do this. This is how I'm going to do this. And you have to find that balance of when to push, when to pull, when to step up. And so I think, you know, June and I have, both of us have pretty alpha tendencies. Mm. And what we have found, and this is maybe through the improv, yes, ending of it all, is we divide responsibilities and... And that's what we do. I don't get in her shit and she doesn't get mm. in my shit. So like, for example, we have a birthday coming up for my my uh, my oldest son who's going from six to seven. And uh, and June does the party like June does the cake. She does the <laughs> thing. I know not to ask. I know not to question. <laughs> I know not to like uh, the only thing I say is, yes, great, amazing. I love it. Mm-hmm. And um and even though I just said that to you, I made a mistake the other day because she, because we were talking about something, and I, and she was talking about this cake that she was making, and I was like, oh, that cake's gonna be amazing, and I was like, you know, but we, if we're gonna have some people over, because we have a small pod and, and we are vax now, um, I said we should uh, maybe we should do some cupcakes too because I know it's like a weird thing to be blowing out, and she's like, I'm making a cake, and I was like, and I'm done, <laughs> and I'm out. <laughs> You got it. You got it, honey. You're making a cake. And I was like, yeah, COVID be damned. Um, you know, like, and uh, because like, you know, and um, but but like I know that like uh, that that's where her domain is. And my domain right. is in in different ways. And I, I like I I'm not one of those dads who are like, I don't know what the fuck they're doing. You know, like, <laughs> we are, you know, like we've gotten into a system now um, where our kids are uh, like I was saying earlier, our our uh, one of our kids is in first grade. One of our kids is in preschool. The first grade kid has to be dropped off at eight a.m. The preschool kid at nine a.m. The preschool kid you got to drive. The uh, first grader you can drive, but it's better just to walk. But for all of this to function in the morning, at night, I make the lunches. I fill the water bottles. Mm-hmm. I set the table for breakfast. I do the whole thing. So then I'll sleep in a little bit more. June wakes up, gets the kids dressed, and then they walk out the door. Like we we get each other. Like we just find the holes for each other and then we make our days easier. I hope. I mean, that, yeah, but that's, yeah. but it's like, but it's a constant balance of like what you want, what I don't want. How do I want to do this? What do you want them to do? What do you know? Video games. Do they play? Do they not? How long do they play? Oh, yeah, you were saying they June watch? hates video games. You, hates I remember. But she's, <laughs> she's okay. She's okay with, 
she's okay with them playing them now. I think we've beaten her down. But she <laughs> hate like uh, she well, she will walk out of the room, like you know, walk out of the room when they are on. And it's and uh, but yeah, it's like but it's like but I make sure that we just like play Mario video games. Yeah, and Mario video mm-hmm. games are super easy and they're fun. And like yeah. we're not doing Minecraft and we're not doing <laughs> you know like whatever you know. Yeah, but then but yeah. June is more serious than I am. Sorry, I'll shut up in a second. I like no, Juno's more serious because she she goes uh, like my son loves the NBA and I love I love basketball and we talk about basketball all the time. And my and my son said to me at one point, he's like, Who is the worst player in the NBA? And I'm like, ah, I don't know. And I'm just like in my head, like I'm going like Javaris Critterden, and he's like, Oh, <laughs> why Javaris Critterden? And like what I really remember from Javaris Critterden is that he like brought a gun into the locker room. Like that's like that's really what I remember, right? And I go, Well, you know, he was a pretty like he was drafted pretty good, and he didn't really play well at all. And, and he brought a gun. Like I was like, and he was a kind of mean to his teammates. Like that's what I would say. He's mean yeah. to his teammates. Yeah. And then he's like, but why? What did he do? What did he do? What did he do? And so after like a week of what did he do, I was like, well, he brought a gun into the locker room, right? And he goes, and I'm like, that's going to end it. Now, Jafar's Crittenden story is a little bit more complex than that <laughs> because he also, and I'm not. Forgive me for not fact-checking this right now. I've tried to eliminate it from my head. I believe Javaris killed his wife. So he's he's currently in jail for uh, over 30 years. Uh, Uh And so I was uh, leaving that part of the story out. I was like, Mm -hmm. I don't need to talk to him about this man killing uh, the mother of his child. Like, that's not there. So I just like, yeah, gun. He had a gun. It was weird. So all of a sudden, wakes me up at like 6 in the morning one day. He's like, Dad. Mom just told me Javaris Crittenden killed a woman. And I'm like, yeah, 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 she's right. He did. He did. I wasn't going to tell you that because I don't think your little brain can handle it. But I guess, yeah. And then like, and, and like, and then like, you know, June, like he loves Alan Iverson. June's like, well, you want to hear what some of the things he said in the rap song? And I was like, and so he's like, he said these really offensive things. I'm like, Okay, yeah. I'm like, so I don't know where, like, so I'm like, I always decide, I'm like, oh, they're kids, they should know. And June's like, no, no, they're going to know. They're going to know. And, and and she's making them really smart and, and feeling like they're, she's creating a level of empathy. But it's like, so yeah, those are the funny, weird things that we yeah. can't, so like, funny. like always lock into because I'm like, I want to not protect them, but I, I play definitely with kid gloves. And then he comes in and yeah. drops some knowledge on me. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> All well, right, that's sure. good to know because I was, you know, I did clock the fact that you have two Caucasian males, you know. Yes. And you tell me a birthday's coming up. I'm going to get some bell hooks for babies. Maybe get a little Audrey Lord. <laughs> I'll wrap that up for the eldest. We got to work on them early. We got to uh, work by the on way, them early. And, and you know, I, I, it's something that I truly, I hate this, like, ever, like, uh, be too cavalier about this, but there's been so much that has gone on uh, to push so many issues forward in the last two years. I'm so proud and excited to be a parent in this time because mm. I feel like it's I'm working on myself and that can really trickle down to my children and really create a dialogue that I've never that my parents never had with me and that I really enjoy having with my kids and that and 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 you know, and there are these amazing things like like with the George Floyd, there was a like special Sesame Street episode oh, wow. uh, like, you know, about uh, about that. Or there's, you know, there's pandemic Sesame Streets and like, not that they don't even care about it. Like Sesame Street, they hate Sesame Street, but I'll put <laughs> it on and that will be like we can like we can find ways to talk about things. We can find ways to 
make things like we talk about police and we talk about police brutality and we talk about, you know, these issues. And, and, and to me, it's like, how do I present it in a way that's truthful, but not too specific right i don't think he needs to know all the details Mm -hmm. but we can we can talk about look you're told in class to trust the police but here's another side of this and Mm. here's what's going Mm -hmm. on in our community and you know he has an uncle who is uh who's chinese and is a close uncle uh, you know and we talk about we talk about that so it's it's a matter of like finding what the six-year-old brain can handle mm-hmm. and introducing it. So it's like, cause I honestly feel like I was a sheltered kid. Like when I like, I was like gay people, like when I was like 12, like what? I didn't know that existed. Like, what is this? You know? <laughs> and it's so <laughs> wild, but like, that was the kind of the sheltered life that I live in. Like Gus, you know, Gus has friends who have two dads or two moms or single. There's so much more out there. So yes. So long story short, you're right. Like, we need to get in early. We need to make sure that there's empathy. We need to make sure that there's education. We need to make sure that there are conversations and that we're putting goodness into the world. And, yeah. and that, but more than goodness, smart kids yes. into the world who are yeah. cognizant about what the fuck is going on. Right. And you can, yeah. and you can, and you can up it. You can, you can always plus up the knowledge, but we got to start with the right base. And, right. and so that, you know, so in the grand scheme of things, we're trying uh, you know, we're trying. We take it. We don't take it lightly. And June definitely doesn't take it lightly. And uh, and yeah, we just we, we it's 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 a not a battle, but it's a constant <laughs> like it's a constant like struggle, <sighs> struggle to be like well yeah to be like well it's like how do you do like what do you do like what do you do to make it make sense but not be scary right because yes, it's like right. because there was a time and I, we fucked up because we didn't fuck up but again we watch the NBA all the time and a lot of the commercials during the NBA were like, they were these like PSAs. It was, you know, black lives matter PSAs. And it was like these very intense images and it's commercials to commercial breaks. And like, we're having these conversations. And I think there was a, a moment where like our son got really scared of the police and we have to, like, how do we, how do we also protect the, like you're safe? How do we keep them like feeling that they're safe? Right. But also knowing what's going on and that's yeah. and that's the balance right because it's like, yeah. like you know like i literally told a story to my 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 uh my youngest son the other night and it was like i was telling a story about him i was like and he ate like i was like he made a fart so big that he became a big giant monster and then he was like i'm scared of the story i'm like you're scared of the story where you're a giant mo-. like i'm like there's no like and like so you have to like you always forget like oh how is this i don't know why this is scary you're running around farting around a city and he's like that story really scared me i'm like oh like i like i thought this was like an easy story so you don't know like that's all like it's that's the balance that i'm that i think is always a struggle is how to keep them yeah. you know yeah. they're they're little they're little yeah, you know and yeah and yeah. yeah but it's good to yeah we're we're but it's so we're at six there. years old you can find out when somebody has killed their wife at four years old <laughs> you cannot even be a fart monster that is a that, that's a tricky balance that's a it tricky balance. two years makes a big difference two years <laughs> makes a big difference i mean all we had when i was a kid was the uh that transformers episode about the iran contra hearings <laughs> it was real but, I, you, but you know what? Like, when Starscream was uh, selling cocaine <laughs> to, pay for, to pay for weapons to for weapons. Iran. Oh, my God. Now, but Paul, yeah. Paul yes. do you have time for one question? I do. Yeah, absolutely. Whatever you got. All right. Why okay. don't we take a quick break? Sorry to go. I, I feel like I got very serious there for no, a No, I yeah. loved every second It was absolutely it. lovely, which is why we is just kept talking. I know. Right. Why don't we take a quick break? and We'll be right back after that. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, y'all, wanted to pop in real quick and let you know that if you like what you hear and you want to support the show, there are a couple different ways. Most of our support comes from our wonderful Patreon community. For $5 a month, you get two bonus episodes of just us mostly spilling the tea mm-hmm. and occasionally searching for crazy bread in Los Angeles, plus lots of other bonus content. We love our page pals, and we couldn't do this without you. And if you want to join, go to patreon.com slash couples therapy pod. We also have merch, which includes Gotta Miss a Bitch and Jubu t-shirts, yeah. which you can find in the link tree in our Twitter or Insta bios. And for absolutely zero dollars, you can rate and review the show on Apple. Five stars, please. It'll only take 10 seconds and it helps us tremendously. Okay, that's it. We love you deeply. Now back to the show. And, and we're back. back. We got Paul <laughs> Shea, honey, and he's going to help us handle your scandal. And All right. yes, as always, you guys, you can hit us up, DM us, Couples Therapy Pod um, on Instagram, Naomi and Andy on Twitter, Couples Therapy Pod at Gmail. But you know, I love your voicemails. The voicemails make me oh, the happiest. Oh, the voicemails are the best. I, I have them on How Did This Get Made, and they make me so happy. 323-524-7839. Come on. Give us a call. Do it. Paul, By the way, can I ask you guys a question? Sure. Yes. Uh, you talked about what your couples therapist told you about like the business hours. Does your couples therapist know you do this? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He listens. Okay. We shout him out. He's listened oh, wow. to oh, his love podcast. It. He's listened to my podcast. <laughs> I I felt like I have, um, uh, I, I was talking to somebody, a uh, uh, psychiatrist, and she just subtly dropped on me that she was like, she's like, you know, I have a podcast. And I was like, <laughs> oh. I, I didn't, I didn't know, like, I didn't even know how to take it. I was like, are you inviting me to listen right. to it? She's like, I had somebody on, she's like, I had someone on the, she's like, I had somebody on the show the other day. And da, da, da. I was like, and now I'm like, and now I'm like, do I Google it? Do I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what I, I don't know what to do with this information. It was too much. Like, Cause I feel like I don't know anything about my therapist. So like when, uh, yeah. when I get like a, like there's my therapist who I love so much. I don't know a goddamn thing about her. I don't know. <laughs> like and every now and then I'll be like, okay, that fills in the puzzle. Like I said something the other day. I was like, well, oh, someone back to school. She's like, oh, LAUSD is back in school. I was like, okay, you don't have kids. All right, you would know. Or you would know that. You would know. You would know that school's back. I, like, I was like, so I'm like, I'm like, are you married? I don't. I can't quite figure it out. I, That's so oh, funny. No. I love to know about my therapist. I've always asked ask? them about their business. Yes, yeah. our couple we, do they answer? We know a lot about. Yeah, he's open. Our oh, couple wow. therapist is open. I've had some therapists before who was like, "Why are you asking?" You know, like they want to kind of right, that right, in, and right. I'm like. 
And then I had like one who was a little more open again, like only in, you know, um, within reason. It's not like she was like yeah. telling me business, but, she, but like I asked because, you know, when I'm talking about certain issues, I want to know what you know about them. So mm. for instance, when I was like, you know, I was like, you know, dealing with creative stuff or dealing with this kind of feeling of what the fuck am I doing? And this makes no sense. And, and I was like, well, have you ever, you know, pursued something that wasn't like a straight line? You have know, like you I, ever gotten an yeah. overall deal therapist? <laughs> uh, like I asked her that and I remember her saying, she, well, she was like, you know what? I used to be a dancer and I've actually only been a therapist oh, wow. for seven years. And I was like, okay, now we can get into it. Tell me your advice. <laughs> see, and, and see, like, and, I, and it's so interesting to me because my mom was, my mom is a, my mom is incredibly well-educated, uh, really after the age to be educated, right? Like she just went to school for like 20 years after having a career. And, uh, and my mom just recently went to therapy after her husband died. And she was like, she says to me, she's like, Oh my God, I gotta tell you, therapy is so amazing. I go, mom, you were a fucking therapist. You ran a family therapy in our house. And she's like, oh, yeah, I know, but it's different. I'm like, it's different? <laughs> like, what do you mean it's different? It's like a mechanic going like, oh, wow, you know, you people can actually fix cars. Like, that was your job. <laughs> what do you mean? Why are you surprised? Like, you should not be surprised that this thing that you did works. Like, you're like what? It, what, what? She I'm was like, like what I was you? just talking. I didn't really I, know. <laughs> I know. Like, that, it really, like, it, like, it really just made me, like, think back of all of her patients going, like, what were they getting out of that? Uh, like, what? Like, uh, Anyway, so uh, yeah, oh, maybe she was just cynically running it. She's like, "Oh, this is this is paying so much." Like, <laughs> yeah, who cares what ha what what happens to my clients? Oh my, well, uh, I don't I'm, know. I'm fascinated. I'm I fascinated a therapist, though because I have opinions. Like, if you just ask me what I think you should do in your life, I will tell you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, like, yeah, sure. Yes, I know that well. <laughs> uh, I will say it. Okay, okay, we have to get this voicemail. Yeah, very sorry, sorry, okay. sorry, sorry. Right. Hey, Andy and Naomi, I'm Emily calling from San Francisco. And I need your advice. A little background. I was in a cultic religion for my whole life. And I escaped this last year when I was told by my ex that he wanted a divorce. And I fled. And I was able to break the chains, that the last few chains of that cult and that marriage. And I'm done. I've moved across the country. I'm rebuilding. Things are going pretty well. Um my question is this, Pennsylvania is a terrible state to get divorced in, and I am wondering, it's been really hard to get a lawyer who can represent me well, I'm wondering if I should just walk away from this terrible guy and this, the potential money that I could get if I fought for um, like a little bit more alimony or whatever, or if I could just like say, I'm done. I'm leaving whatever potential money there is on the table and just walking away. Um, maybe it's eight hundred or a thousand dollars a month in alimony moving forward. Um, maybe we split the the proceeds from a house if you know that we've owned for a couple of years and have very little equity in. You know, there's not a ton of money there, but it's it would potentially be steady money moving forward. So I'd love to hear what you think. Is it worth the money or the mental health and the freedom? I'd love to hear what you have to say. Wow. Wow. Okay, I didn't expect that. This one's This wild. is uh this, this is, is a big lot. one. This is huge. Okay. First of all, Emily, congratulations for getting out of the cult. Yeah. Emily, absolutely. you're out, you're out, you're out. 
That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Amazing. And I know it wasn't easy. Oh, my God. Very proud but of you. But I would imagine, and I have a couple of, uh, not similarities, but I can speak to a couple of things there. I would imagine getting out of a cult, you are cutting yourself off from a giant community, mm-hmm. probably some financial issues. She said alimony. Um, now, uh, child support and alimony are different things, right? I just want to make sure. I, yeah, okay, all right. Mm-hmm. So, okay, that's okay. This is I'm just formulating. I know. My I was thinking the here. same yeah. thing because it's like, well, what? Do you, but at the same time, yeah, it's true. It's like depending on the nature of that cult, you know, does Emily have um, what's the word? Job history, right? Like, is yes. it going to be easy for right. her to kind of right. go in there? Was this a situation where, as a wife, she had to stay in the home or anything like that? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we don't know where, what this cult was exactly. Right? Where in Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania cult? We're in Pennsylvania. Well, or, right. Amish? Oh, uh, well, she says she moved across to Pennsylvania. Wait, so no, okay. she's in San Francisco now. She's, so oh, she's in San Francisco now. Yeah. She moved to San Francisco. Well, I don't know anything about jurisdiction and divorce. Could she? Not, could it not be based? You can in- move. You can move. Uh, you can't. If she had a child, I think it would have been harder for her to move to San Francisco because you. that is, there is an issue about moving yeah. out of state. Uh, with that kid, is yeah. Some, yeah, with a kid. So I think you can live wherever you want with a divorce. Um, right. But, but she's got to get divorced the in this. You got to get divorced in the state that you are married. In. Oh, okay. right, right. That, oh, that lawyer has to like file oh, okay. the paperwork and do whatever there. But right. And she's in San Francisco. So I'm sure it's, you know, it's always harder when you're not there, too, because then she's got to like make phone calls and try to find somebody who's around. Um, you know, I think when she says, you know, like, is this worth it? You know, 800 to a thousand dollars, certainly in Pennsylvania, you know, if it's not a big city, yeah. she can make like that. That's a good chunk of change. Right. That's a good yeah. chunk of change. But she's in San Francisco now. Oh, right. She's so in San Francisco that'll, now. That, so that, that really won't for, buy her anything. <laughs> that'll pay for yeah. like maybe groceries for a week. <laughs> but I'm like, it is, a, but I think like, you know, it all depends on which, you know, how hard is it going to be to fight? You know, is this man being <sighs> difficult, right? Is is he vindictive? Is he, you know, some people, you know, some people divorce and it's like, fine, sign the paper, take the money. Other people are like, I'm going to make you fight tooth and nail for every dollar. Well, and you don't know, I don't know what the cult is and you don't know what kind of lawyers the cult has yeah. to make yeah. it more difficult for her. Right. Um, there are a couple things that I feel like, look, my mom left her husband uh that was not my father but like her you know her her husband but my stepdad i guess and i just found out uh this happened god i mean ages and ages ago uh like when i was like in fourth grade so i just found out just a couple weeks ago that she didn't ever get any money from that divorce she just got the fuck out and Mm. he was supposed to like when he sold the house he was supposed to give her some money he still had some of her furniture uh and he never did um i think when you are leaving an abusive or a problematic relationship it is probably best to just be like i don't give a fuck like i like basically i because even getting those support payments, you may get a court to say that they have to pay you, but, but they may not do it. Yeah. I have a very good friend who has a daughter. Uh, they had a child together. He fucking took off when she was like one or two, moved to Hawaii, never sent alimony, 
like then once sent a little bit, but had a whole other family and was support providing for them all this shit. And and she had to like she eventually got illegally emancipated from him because he just was a fucking deadbeat. So like just because you sign something yeah. doesn't mean you'll That's get the true. thing. That's and and you don't even know about like the house sale. Maybe they'll undersell it. Maybe the cult will buy. There's a million ways that you could. It, it it may just be not worth the headache. And what are we talking about? Did you marry a millionaire? Or like, is it, like what's the windfall that we're talking like that we well, are she's talking saying about? It's not much, right? Because she's like, well, yeah. it's a house. We had it. She's like eight hundred to a thousand dollars a month. You know, again, not nothing. We're never gonna not say nothing. nothing. But at the same time, as Paul is saying, I agree. It's yeah. like if this is if this was like that. <sighs> You know, to the point where you're like, I'm free. I've broken the chains. It's like you yeah. use those phrases. Yeah, you might just want to. You might yeah. just want to go run. It. It's out. really, it's really fucked up how like the power when when you are dealing with a power imbalance and mm-hmm. trying to get money out of them. Like my parents, uh, the the contractor. What my parents? It's just so when I say contractor, like we have a very middle class home in Pennsylvania. Uh, it's nothing uh, ostentatious or anything like that. But they had someone. They they're like they save. Look, money you're gonna have for... a contractor if you want to put a deck in. Like you know, that doesn't <laughs> be a big thing. <laughs> I, 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 anyone who's gonna do any building is a contractor. Yeah, yeah. They, you're contracting them to do some labor. Yeah. <laughs> but he like fucked up the house. So they they mm-hmm. they saved up for decades, had a house built, and um, like he didn't put sump pumps in, and our basement flooded. He just fucked up the driveway. It was all messed up. And my dad. Uh, I remember asking him, like, are you going to sue him? And my dad's like, it's not worth it. He has so much more money than we do. He'll drag it out forever. Mm. And we'll mm. spend more money on lawyers than we will getting anything back. And I think sometimes it's as much as it sucks living in this world like this, like you have to suck up the yeah. injustice of it just to like get free of something shitty. Can I, yeah. can I bring it all the way back to where we started residuals and <laughs> yeah. say... And say like sometimes in this business, you will get a lawyer who will get you out of a deal because they're asking for all this stuff that doesn't make a lick of difference and sense. It's just so they can say, I got you this thing that will never amount to anything. It's like and they'll and they'll make you walk away from a deal for things that are nonsense. And I feel like Mm -hmm. that's what lawyers are, are bad lawyers. (laughs) <laughs> can do you know like they they can because they have nothing else to do but fight and be weirdly vindictive and you don't know what you're getting into so unless you maybe you're on this podcast and maybe uh, you, you are on this podcast and some <laughs> lawyer maybe hears it and goes i'm in uh, pennsylvania and i'm a good divorce lawyer and i'm gonna take on your case like and they want to do it and they want to do it for you eh, sure but at the same time like they're just sticking around you got to pay for it and it, like if you got to pay for it and they got to yeah. how many hours are you paying to get this person and you're never going to get re- like we just don't know the variables it's like you're in San Francisco you've already gotten there start your life fresh and yeah. and, uh, and and you know if you can which i think you can San Francisco seems pretty open to i mean there's a lot of cults in San Francisco so be careful but uh, <laughs> but but uh, but i do feel like that's a better spot to be in i think yeah. just to be like fresh Fresh yeah. clean, sign it, but sign it, sign something because yes. you need to, you yes. need to make sure you can't take a credit card out in your name. You need yes. to make sure that if you find somebody else and you're going to get married that 12 years from now, five years from now, you know, you're not going to be like some courts going to be, well, hold on. You actually are married. You get something signed as yeah. soon as possible. Yeah. That's what you do need. Yeah. 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 Is so a. If there is a uh, lawyer listening uh, that has pro bono hours, a good like, divorce, a good divorce attorney. with some pro bono yeah. hours and wants to throw a uh, throw them towards uh, our caller, please. Uh, 
reach out to us. Reach I out guess. to us and we'll connect you to Emily, okay? Mm-hmm. But also, uh, I forgot what the B was. So just that. Yeah, but just also, yeah, like get, get free. Get it signed. Yeah. 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 Get Do it something. signed. Get something signed. If you, either way. Yeah. Because like you need to, you just need to make sure that he doesn't buy another house in both of your names. Oh God. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like you, you are, if you are still married in the eyes of, you know, not to be scary again, I'm, I'm trying to, I don't know how old she is. She may be four. She may be seven. Uh, you know, so I don't know, uh, (laughs) but I want to, I want to judge my, how how scary should I be? But, uh, (laughs) but you want to be careful. You do want to be careful about that kind of stuff because if this person is duplicitous in any way, they could do something that could wreck your credit, could fuck you up. And so, you got you got to just protect yourself on that level. That's true. Yeah. That's very true. Yeah, I remember B. By the way, the money you will spend on a lawyer mm-hmm. will probably be more than the money you would get in alimony. Yes. Yeah, and also there's no guarantee that he will actually there's give you the no alimony. guarantee. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Do you know that's why people tend to go on those judges shows? You know, like Judge Joe Brown or Judge whatever, because oh, wow. the way those shows work, if you win. You get the money. The show gives you the money. So a lot of times you're looking at people like, why are you doing this on TV? Because that is your guarantee. Because basically the show will put that initial money out. Got it. So basically that that's like their performer fee is like, okay, that's why they're taking like small claims. So they're probably like, all right, like it's all going to probably be under $10,000 or some version of that. And then it's a 50, 50 chance that they're going to pay off on that. So they probably only pay off on half the things. And yep. And I bet you that, you know, I wonder if there's a little whisper to the judge, like, Hey, we are a little bit over this month. This <laughs> uh, uh, I love it. Uh, this has been so fun to chat with you both. So great. Oh, Thank you yeah. so Thank much you. for coming a, through. Are, absolutely oh, right. Being so my open My pleasure. Today. My pleasure. My pleasure. My pleasure. Um, yeah. All right. And we'll see, see you next time. Bye. Bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details mom deserves better than a drugstore card this mother's day surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. add your favorite photos a heartfelt message and we'll even mail it for you the same day all for just five dollars from mom to grandma we have something to celebrate every mom in your life every mom deserves a Moonpig card Get 50% off your first card at moonpig.com. Moonpig.com.